Hello everyone, so welcome to Vinci App Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a mystery story called The Untold Stories, Season 1, written by QTCQT on Wattpad. So, here it begins. Sophie sits within a post office, cross-legged, picking at Tom's nails, tearing and biting it off. She's given a yellow box full, full with today's and yesterday's uncollected vouchers birthday cards and more importantly bills with the statue of liberty printed at the top miss jill said sophie you are nothing like your mother you are lazy and selfish and if you don't hand them in under an hour you'll be fired miss jill is the owner of the post office and the grandmother at the age of 86 turning 87 she had sophie's mother when she was 13 and is now seen as the grandmother to sophie her wrinkles tell a story of every year and every sack. Sophie said, You will never fire your favorite worker, or should I say slave? Miss Dills said, Stop and go. Sophie sighs and leaves the office while slamming the already broken door behind. She hears Miss Dills fill up with anger and swear at Sophie, but smiles while walking away. She pulls open the yellow box and picks up Mr. Jewensing birthday card and sneakers at Jill. As she reaches the Jewensing household, a vibration of fright shivers Sophie and her vision forces turning black. She regains her vision as the doorbell rings for the Jewensings and an elder man answers the door. Mr. Jewensing said, What? Why would you ring the doorbell? Looking for trouble? Mr. Jewensy looks at Sophie with a perplexed look and continues to look at her for answers to the question he boldly made. Sophie shrugs off the questions and hands in the birthday card. Mr. Jewensy, oh, male, sorry about that. Mr. Jewensy takes the card and backs up to close the door on Sophie, but just before, but, but just before, reopens the door and looks at Sophie one last time before grabbing her hand. Mr. Jewensy said, Look awful, my lovely. Why don't you come inside? Sophie struggles to get him off her arm and gets marked across the face by Jewenson. Mr. Jewenson said, You disrespectful you. Sophie uses her other hand and outstretches it. A powerful force, the man back into, a powerful forces the man back into the kitchen and a roaring flame erupts from the stairs spreading into the kitchen and surrounding the man and burning him alive he swings at the flames with his arms in an attempt to escape but the flames engulf him and burn him into a crisp sophie reaches her other hand inside her pocket and dials the police sophie said sophie help two days later miss mcdonald's we can't keep her here she's dangerous and how do we know she can't kill anyone else? Sophie hides cramped up in her bed listening to another argument between her parents about the day of the fire. Her little brother waddles into her room and crawls into the bed with her while complaining about the argument. Mr. McDonald, we don't know that. We must send her away. The argument progressively turns silent as they start deciding whether to send Sophie away or not. Sophie fights back her emotions and remains strong in front of her brother while reading him a story from a book Sophie was given by her great-grandmother, which is dead. Halfway through the book, her parents walk in. 
her mother looking more mean and her father an emotional mess. Miss, Miss McDonald said, I will take him and you can explain everything to her. Miss McDonald refuses to look at her daughter but gives a mean tone to her husband. She swoops up her son and walks away to leave Sophie and Mr. McDonald alone. Mr. McDonald looks at her with a selfless but strict expression. Sophie said, You are going to send me away, aren't you, to a boarding school for troubled children? Sophie went past at this line, but McDonald, Mr. McDonald carries on to looking at her with a calm expression. Mr. McDonald said, We are sorry for this. We thought it would skip your generation since it skipped mine and your grandmother's. Your great grandmother was a witch uh, <laughs> and was the leader of the witch shall approve her until the other magical beast took her over and she took cover here we have to now send you over since your powers are too powerful to be hidden away we are sending you there and we hope to see you never again two men in black suits walks towards sophie wave their hands and her clothes fly from her closet and draws into the back of the car they grab pulled of sophie on both arms and take her away from her bed away from her smiley dad away from her brother and mother hiding behind the closet and away from the front door of her house. She gets pushed into the car and turns to open the door, although another wave and the door is locked. She presses, she presses her spread out hand on the door and takes in the front garden of her home one last time before she turns back and the outside appears black. Her vision falls fuzzy again and she lands onto one of the clothes piles surrounding her. Los Angeles, California, United States. That is where she was sent to. The car pulls up outside of a college-style house. The two drivers remain in the, in the two front seats and flick their hands again. Sophie's clothes flying past her once again and into one of the windows of the house. The two men drag Sophie out of the car and lay her on the floor in front of the house while surrounding neighbors watching fright. They then lower their black sheets and kneel to Sophie blowing at, blowing at her ears. A jolt of purple electricity into, their, into her ears and surrounds the brain causing her to immediately wake up and scream. She sits up and looks at the two men who smile back at her and then notice the black gate in front of her and the polished white house in front of the gate. Beds of gardens surround the outside of the house and tall trees with a broken down tree house rest in one of the corner trees. Some flowers sit in the middle of the meadows, surrounded by lupins and further with a range of tulips, daisies, bluebells and other distinguishable, distinguishable spread out ones. Vines dangle from the main balcony, decorated with other smaller white flowers. Blending in and on top of the roof remains moss revealing no brick as the gate opens up, Sophie strolls inside and up and up onto the porch to ring the doorbell. But as soon as the bell rings around the house, a flashback pops up with Mr. Johnson's eyes wide, wide, wide while being flown back. A tall man with wavy black hair and a piercing purple eyes creaks the door, opens and stares at Sophie for a moment before opening it, fully revealing his long dark grey suit and a white rose in his pocket. Professor Lama Macaron said, Hello, I believe you are Sophie McDonald. Am I correct? Sophie McDonald said, Yeah. 
Sophie looks up into Professor Lama's eyes and blinded vision appears, but it quickly snaps back into reality and her head beats with pain. Professor Lama Macarons, I said, I am Professor Macarons with a double C. I'll be your teacher in witchcraft and wizardry magical arts. We have seen your bags and clothes. I've already made home here and expect you will, sh you will shortly too. Sophie looks back at the two men who zoom off and goes as she walks past the professor and down the crooked hallway to where a stairway splits into two-way seats like a throne and the end of it. At the top of it, perches a tall mirror that stretches to the top of the ceiling, decorated in red and black flowers and covered in what is known as metal tongue. But Sophie ignores this and carries on stepping one step at a time. By the time she reaches to the by the time she reaches the top, two girls with crossed arms look at her judgingly. Rachel Poppies, who are you, new girl? I thought there was only supposed to be three girls here this year. Sophie McDonald said, So, you, me, and her? Jesse Williams, her? How dare you use such language to your new sworn enemy? Sophie, Sophie McDonald said, Oh, sorry. Rachel Poppies said, I am Rachel Poppies, and her is Chelsea Williams. Rachel uses the quotation fingers for her and smirks at Chelsea reading face as she mocks her. Rachel Poppy said, but no, there's another. She's cat Montredins. Sophie McDonald said, the cat Montredins. Rachel Poppy said, did we stop her? Yes, the cat Montredins. She's currently busy in her room, so I wouldn't distract her. Chelsea and Rachel both look at each other smiking and giggling silently at each other before looking at Sophie and nudging her and nudging her as they walk past her. Sophie looks back at them, descending down the stairs and pulls a face at them, but Chelsea clicks her finger and Sophie strips trips and they both look back at her. Chelsea Williams said, Oh yeah, mind the step. They both laugh as they walk down the stairs, but Sophie turns around and uses the handle as a support to stand up. As she fully reaches the top, a swift of wind makes her hair fly into her face and another girl with a long black dress stands before her. Sophie moves away her hair to reveal a long dark brown hair with blue, blue eyes staring into Sophie's with only less than a meter standing distance between them. The girl pulls out her hand to, have, to offer a shake. Sophie grips it tightly but the shaking doesn't stop. She then opens her mouth and says this is this really speedy. Kiergan South, greetings. I am Kiergan, I am Kiergan South, the fifth housemate. I have read all about this house and how it was created in 1853 in an attempt to secure all witches from the normies. My parents and their parents and their parents were all with the art, so I was destined to join the house and I have read all about you. Oh, I'm sorry. Kiergan stops the handshake and looks around in a scared tone, but Sophie chuckles at Kiergan's response and Kiergan lets off a giggle as well. Sophie McDonald, have you met Rachel and Chelsea yet? This is the end of episode 1. I hope you enjoyed this um, story content. Please share this thing as and enjoy. So episode 2 will be coming out very soon. Thank you.